Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 89 is an interview with Matt Whitaker, winner of the 2021 Two Bays Trail Run 56km men's category. Matt won the race in four hours and seven minutes. <clears throat> he actually also won last year in 2020 on a technicality when first place was DQ'd. This year he won, however, on his own merits and comes onto the podcast today to share his experiences. Running is a tough sport and we runners are a tough bunch. However, this sometimes leads us to training through niggles and aches and pains and we would be so much better off if we just got them sorted. If you were tired of niggles and aches and pains ruining your enjoyment of running, come in and see the specialists at Health and High Performance where they utilise the latest in technology and, and experience to help you get back to your running best. So head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run to book an appointment and ensure you can run strong and free. You can, of course, also find them on Instagram, Health High Performance. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I really appreciate the people who take the time out of their day to get onto Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe. Jim Nancho gave five stars and says, really enjoyed the running chat with Andrew. Hopefully you were able to get more of these types of interviews in 2021. Thanks so much. I hadn't actually thought of doing another one of these sorts of interviews. Who else is interested in this? Please let me know if you are, and I will definitely do more if people would like that. And it might be interesting too, filming it for YouTube. So do let me know. If you enjoyed this episode, please go on over and rate and review. I've been aiming for 100 reviews by Easter this year, but I don't think I'm going to make it. Just like in an ultra, should I have a plan B? At Peak Endurance Coaching, I coach you to run any distance on any surface, be it road, track or trail, from beginners to advanced athletes. If you are interested, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au so that I can help you with a structured, individualised plan that takes into account your life and your running needs. Enjoy the interview with Matt. Hi, Matt, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. No worries. Now, just before we get started about talking about your win at Two Bays, can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself, your athletic background and how you got into running? Yeah, so I, um, I grew up in Sydney, actually, and got into running through, I guess, high school athletics and did the 1500 and 3K. And then I guess after, I, I wasn't great at those distances, but then after high school, I kind of just um, kept running a bit more and then did a marathon and then uh did another one um and yeah I, I tried my hand at triathlons for a bit and did an Ironman and didn't love oh, wow. the cycling or swimming um Jeez. So how'd you go to... in the Ironman uh good it was I'm really glad I did it and I really enjoyed the training yeah. um I think so I finished what was your in time? 10 hours tw- 10 hours 20 something that's a good, that's um, a good time yep Yep. Sorry. Anyway, but go my, on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my, my strongest leg by far was the run. Um, yeah. So I sort of, after that, I'm really glad I did it and I really enjoyed it, but yeah. I don't think I'd do another one of those. <laughs> I kind of just want to stick to running after yeah, that. Yeah, um, fair enough. Um, so, and then, yeah, I moved down yeah. to Melbourne. I was just going to say, I moved down to Melbourne mid-2019 and um, started doing some trail runs there and then sort of started loving trail running a bit more. So you were more a marathoner to start with, and and um, when you say you got it, you ran some trails here. Did you join a trail running group, or, or how did that happen? Um, uh, my old housemate, uh, 
is a guy called Gerard who uh, is a big trail runner and he's done a hundred mile race and he just yeah. did the Costa Kosciuszko race um, last September. And so he's always, I mean, he's pretty inspiring as anyone who does yeah. those hundred mile, 200 kilometer races are. Um, and I think sort of chatting to him, that's sort of what really piqued my interest in it. Um, and I think it was just a nice change from road running which was something I sort of focused on for the previous few years and it, I've, I'm quite conscious that if you do one thing and make it your sole focus for too long you burn out of it and then mm. you wind up doing nothing at all um, mm. whereas coming down to Melbourne and sort of having Listerfield Park or Cape Shank or Yu Yangs or even down um, on the surf coast so close that's kind of it, it was nice to try something slightly different. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I started with marathons and, and I agree. You, you run the road for a while and you need the trails, you run the trails and then you need the road. So it's good to swap around. Yeah, exactly. So what was, you know, everyone's going to want to know, what was your marathon PB? Uh, I did 2.27 uh, in Melbourne in 2019. Nice. Um, which was sort of, I'd had sub 2.30 as a goal for a few years and yeah. I hit that in 2019 and I guess that's sort of when I sort of thought well what do I do now yeah, um which yeah. I guess is also the other thing that sort of pushed the trails on me yeah 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 no that's completely fair enough so as we said you just ran and won the two bales trail run in a time of four hours and seven minutes a good 19 minutes ahead of second place so congratulations on this achievement can you tell us a bit about how the race panned out for you like firstly what was your strategy going in were you actually aiming to win um, I was aiming to win um, and I knew I sort of had a look at the entrances and I knew there were quite a few decent runners um, or really good runners running as well. The plan initially was to stay with whoever was leading and try and do that at least through halfway and then sort of see how I feel. Um, and some, someone else actually started and I saw a few race reports in the Facebook group mentioned this. Um, someone else started off uh, four minute Ks for the first four or five Ks. And I think we went through the four minute K, the, I think we went through the four K mark in under 16 minutes. Oh my God. Um, and <laughs> so I sort of went, oh, okay, we'll give this a go. And I, I stuck with him. Um, and I think I was the only one that did. And then he slowed down a bit um, and I found myself by myself. So I sort of just went, okay, let's just, let's go and see, see what happens. That's awesome. Um, and and yeah. did that feel... Those, um, those, that fast pace, did that feel under control? Um, it did. It was before you sort of get to that first small hill. Uh, and I think that's sort of when I started to pull away. I was a little bit nervous about if we, if we kept that pace going for another <laughs> couple of Ks. Um, no so I was kind of, I guess, glad to find myself by myself when I, when I did. Um, it also, last year, um, I remember the, race started off really quickly as well and there are a few people that set off pretty quickly um and I knew that last year I was able to sustain that for the first half so this year I thought well at least see if I can do it for the first half and then go from there excellent that's uh, it obviously worked um and so um what do you think your strengths are in, in that two base course because it is quite a fast running course and it is good for people from a road background do you think that's what makes you good at it or are you good at technical as well um no i'm horrible at technical <laughs> um i uh 
it was, I was more noticeable in 2019 than 2020, but I kept losing ground in 2019 to the people I was with on the downhills um, yeah. because I was quite nervous. And there's a couple of really steep downhills that I struggled yeah. with. I think um, I just really liked the sort of the middle section between uh, the top of Albert's seat and I guess um, the car park that's about 5Ks to go. It's just these really nice rolling wide trails that you can really get into a rhythm and it's mm -hmm. on grass and it's on sand but it almost feels like the road yeah um i think that's what i really like about the course yeah yeah no i agree and so um what did you do for nutrition uh i had a whole bunch of energy gels in my um pockets and then uh some sports energy powder in my bottle and my plan was energy gel every 25 minutes yep. um, which went through for about the first two and a half hours and then as happens a lot I started yeah. I, I guess breaking up the race by saying okay now I'll have another one in 20 minutes and I think my last two gels were only about 15 minutes apart which oh wow yeah probably probably is or de definitely isn't necessary but it helps I think break up the last few k's for me mm. when you're sort of still feeling oh I'm feeling awful but I've still got 20 30 minutes to go and um, I mean, I, I actually agree with that strategy because when you're running that fast, you're burning through your carbs. So you really need it. So, and clearly it worked and no gastric distress, I'm presuming. No, no, everything was fine on that front. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically you were leading for pretty much the whole race is what you're saying? From about four, four and a half Ks, yeah. So um, I know I, I've been in like many years ago in that position and I find when you're leading um, that feeling of being chased and you never know when someone's coming, how do you, how do you cope mm. with that feeling? Um, I was more, uh, I, I guess in the first half, I wasn't too fast. And I, at points I was always hoping that someone would catch me if it meant that that person was going quicker and I hadn't slowed down because then it yeah. sort of meant I'd have a gauge of how I was going in the race. Um, and then, then in the back half, I was a little bit uh, nervous when at the turnaround point, I think second place then was Trav and he, I saw him only a minute or so after oh. I turned around. Oh, wow. Um, but I sort of, I kept going and I had the approach that I thought I was still running quite well and I thought my pace was still okay so if someone catches me then good on them <laughs> they're running a really good race and they um they deserve to um and then the other thing that i was mindful of was when you come into the aid stations and the amazing volunteers ring the bell and i was keeping half an ear out for other bells oh. after i left to see if i could hear any behind me as well yeah yep yeah that's handy that bell then isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so you basically you felt under control and not under pressure no um and then i mean obviously the last 15 k's are always going to be tough and i think anyone yes. for sure if you don't if you don't find them tough then you haven't you're, tried you're hard a enough. superhero but uh <laughs> yeah um so i sort of um I had a rough idea of where the hills were and where the downhills were and was just trying to maintain the same pace and then um I think the last three Ks, the wheels sort of started to fall across, uh, fall um, off a little bit. Um, and those stairs that you have to climb at about wow. two and a half Ks to go yeah. really did me in. So I was kind of, um, at that point, I was really happy that I wasn't running with anyone else because I don't <laughs> think I would have been able to give it a, a kick if um, someone had been with me. 
Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Now, what was your training like for this race? What what do you do on a on an average week, and, and what did your mileage peak out at? Um, so I did uh, the Surf Coast Century race in the first week of December, okay. um, which is my first hundred k race. Um, and in training for that, I peaked at I think a few hundred mile weeks in a row. Uh, and then it was sort of when we were coming out of lockdown. So my long runs, I'd have to be a little bit creative with running laps around the tan um, yeah. and things like that. Um, and then I did, so I did that um, and I was relieved that I finished that um, and sort of said to myself that two bays is in seven weeks. If I can take one week to recover and then put in, I think I said three or four decent weeks of training and then a couple of weeks of tapering, then I'll do it. And I was sort of on track. And I think, um, so my mileage was a little bit lower for two bays because I was a little bit conscious of burning out after the 100K and also because it was Christmas. And yeah. uh, I don't know, I've I never. Um, and so I think I was running about 120, 130Ks a week for sort of that peak period for this one. Wow, that's a quick turnaround, seven weeks between your first 100K. That's amazing. You must have very good recovery skills. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I mean, recovery was always the priority for that first mm. week or two. And then I was sort of starting to feel better. Um, and then I came back to Melbourne where it's a lot less humid than it was in Sydney where I was. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know, some people, like I know someone who also did the 100K who then ran 50Ks on New Year's Eve. And, uh, oh, sorry, he did the Wilson's Prom 100 the oh, week yeah. after and then ran 50Ks on New Year's Eve and then did two bays. And now he's doing this <laughs> backyard I'll train a couple oh, of wow. weeks. Um, so I know that, I think, um, I, I, I guess it just depends who you are um, that, as to how yeah. quickly you can recover. Yep, yep. And so as part of your um, training, do you, do you do a couple of speed sessions a week and, and long runs? Talk us through that a bit. Um, it's always one long run a week. And then I guess for the rest of the week, I, I don't really have a set training program. I'm more um, on the Monday. I know how far I want to run, um, roughly what sort of elevation gain I want to do and how far I want my long run to do, be. And I guess the rest of my runs, I sort of, set out in the morning and see how I'm feeling and that sort of determines the pace I run or um, I guess how far I run and so I haven't um, I'm probably not the poster boy for good training <laughs> habits because I haven't done any um, speed work at all since I think my last speed run was a park run before uh, part the park runs got asked before the oh, wow. um, before the lockdown so I um, yeah it's not overly structured in that way so i assume you did speed work for your marathons though yeah um that that was a little bit more structured i'd have a couple of sessions a week where i'd try to do x yeah. by x kilometers at marathon pace and then x by x kilometers at half marathon pace and then also put my long run in there and then the rest of the runs would be a little bit easier yeah yeah um, um that's that's really interesting that you <clears throat> don't do specific speed work but I'm I'm presuming that when you run and you say you run by feel that on the days that you feel good you push harder and then you will have an easier day when you just cruise would that be right yeah uh, yeah but I, I think that's right and the other thing that I've also um 
gotten more conscious of in the last couple of years is that even if you're feeling good three days in a row, don't push the pace three days in a row because then you won't feel good on the fourth day and then you'll injure yourself and then something will happen. So um, I'm starting to, I guess, force myself to think about it a lot more than I probably used to. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's good, and it's very true because um, it's easy to feel good and just keep pushing it, and and you're right, and then you just dig yourself into a hole. <clears throat> yeah, Nate, yeah. Do you have um a high point from the race you can share with us, and possibly a low point? I mean, you might not have a low point, um, and that's awesome. <laughs> um, I guess in terms of a high point, it was just um, I mean, as well as the breaking up the race by taking the gels the way that I really broke it up is by knowing how far between the aid stations and sort of knowing that you're x kilometers away from these amazing volunteers who are just super supportive and have taken this time out and and I guess for no personal benefit of their own but to help these Mm. runners run this course and it's just kind of going through those areas um is such a boost yeah um, and I guess in the in the same vein, probably the stretch that I enjoyed running the most, um, and I'm shocking with location names, but I think it's yeah, about right. 15, 20 Ks in um, on a slight downhill on a road where you're running in the opposite direction to some of the 28 K runners. Mm. Um, and you've got your name on your bib and they've got their name on their bibs and you're calling out to each other and sort of pushing each other on. And there were no high fives this year for obvious reasons, <laughs> but um yeah, I, I'm actually thinking about it. That's probably my favourite stretch of the course. I do love that um, about two bays is the um, <clears throat> how everyone cheers everyone on. I think it really makes the race so special. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I sort of, I, I felt a bit uncomfortable calling people by their names um, without having ever met them before. <laughs> but then you sort of realise that everyone's doing it. It's, it's part yeah. of it. Um, so you kind of got you've got to embrace that part of it, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm always part of the the sweeps group, and so and we do that too. And and some people freak out when they're like, "How do you know my name?" But yeah, they forget it's on their bib, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> and and then you see um, someone. I think someone had on his bib McLovin or something like that. And, and what do you call that? that? And then you're what laughing. And then yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember when you came through because we were all amazed at the the huge lead that you had. So um, it was noticeable early on. And so, um, do you have a low point at all? And was it possibly the stairs? Um, the stairs at the end weren't. I mean, they wrecked me, but I sort of knew that I've just yeah. got to trudge to the end and there's only 10, 15 minutes to go. I think the, um, for some reason, I struggled with the Arthur's Seat climb oh, a lot okay. more this year than I did last year. Um, yeah. And I think it's because this year I actually knew exactly how far it was to the top um, <laughs> because I knew the length of the climb. But I, this year I was alone and wasn't chasing someone else. Um, and it just it feels at times never ending and then you Mm. get to the top and there's those rolling hills before you get the downhill which I'd forgotten about coming the other way Um, so that was probably the most demoralizing part of the course yeah yeah um, it's it's a tough climb that is for sure what was it like because many of us will not get this opportunity to experience it so talk us through what it's what is it like crossing the finish line in first place um I, I guess it's just, um, I, 
it, it's just fun. Um, yeah. And you sort of, I don't know, it, 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 it's fun and you've got people sort of cheering and clapping and it's just, um, there's such a good vibe at the finish line, but I sort of feel like that applies whether you finish first or oh, wherever yeah. that, and especially at a race like two bays where the cheering that you're getting regardless of where you finished is the same. It's just, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, it sort of gives you a real boost for those last couple of hundred meters and a sort of, um, another thing that I'm learning more and more is don't just breeze through that because you want to get to the end, actually, um, mentally enjoy mm. it and mentally yeah. savor it and make sure that when you actually finish, you can actually remember what the last couple of hundred meters were like. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. Because it's, it's so fleeting. It goes so quick really yeah. in the scheme of things. And I, I remember, um, a few races that I did a few years ago, um, and I'd have this goal and it was more for the road marathons, but you'd build it up in your head and you'd train for it. And then you'd be really nervous about it and you'd run the race and you'd finish and you'd be emotional and relieved. But then you sort of think about, think back on it and realize, I actually don't remember what that last kilometer, what happened in that last kilometer at all, because you're just so relieved and yeah. emotional. So I'm sort of um, learning to be more present, I guess. Yeah, no, that, I think that's that awesome. Stretch. Yeah, more conscious of what's going on and, and yeah, and savoring it, like you said, because you have worked so hard and that's the moment you're working for. So it makes sense. Exactly. Now, um, uh, we, uh, how did it compare to 2020? Because in 2020, that was a bit more of a, well, not controversial finish, but an unusual finish for you. You actually came through in second place, but you ended up winning it. Can you talk us through that one? Yeah, so I think, 2020 I was in third place and then okay. overtook John Dutton with yep. about a K and a half to go. Yeah. Um, and I was definitely running scared for that last, yeah, for that last bit. Um, but I was sort of, my mindset was I'm in second. I want to stay in second. Yep. Um, so that was sort of what was motivating me. And then I crossed the finish line um, and they had the, the tape or the, the thing that the winners, you run through um and i sort of thought oh they must do this for everyone um <laughs> that everyone that finishes and then i think it was it might have been kate or um who mentioned that first had been disqualified and it was quite a weird feeling because mm. um i 100 understand that the rules are there for a reason and in particular um rules around minimum water are there yeah. for participants safety um but Dane, the guy who crossed the finish line first, was five minutes ahead of me. Um, he could have been running with two litres of water. And I think the way that he ran that day, he still would have crossed the finish line mm. first. Uh, so I was I was stoked to win it. But um, I guess I, I conscious that I didn't run the best race that day. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and that's, you know, I mean, I'm sure it was an awesome run that you did, but I, I get, I can understand that you would have that, that feeling so <clears throat> did you kind of come back this year thinking that you wanted to just win it on your own merits this time and that was the purpose it, it was definitely in my mind that it would be nice to be the first across the finish line mm. um this year so I guess that was that was the nice difference between this year and last year yeah yeah I, I bet it was and um so it, speaking of recovery how has your recovery been have you um had some time off and 
um, straight back into so it. So I ran the day after that it was probably more better described as a shuffle um, <laughs> rather than a run. Um, and I guess the the main thing that I sort of noticed was that those first few days, the legs felt okay, but the energy levels were just shot. Um, mm. So you'd run for, I think, 5Ks and start to feel faint. So I was sort of finding that I was having to force myself to get to 10Ks or get to however far I was wanting to run, um, which probably wasn't smart thinking about it now. But um, the last few days, I sort of started to feel a little bit better yeah. running again. So I think I'll take it easy for the next few weeks, um, next couple of weeks, and then sort of start gearing up again. So do you think um, that possibly the reason why you find the recovery a little bit harder in the first few days back was because you still also had the 100K in your legs anyway? I, th I think that's right. Mm. Um, and I sort of struggling in the last couple of Ks of the race this year, whereas last year I finished a little bit stronger. I think the difference there was the 100Ks as well. Was it, it was glad the race was only 56Ks and not 60 or 65 because it would have been a trudge to the end of it this year. But yeah, yeah I, I think that's right. And um, how did you, I, I couldn't find your, or I didn't find your time from last year. What was your time last year? Uh, it was 4.06 and oh, okay. something. So I think it was about a minute faster than this year. Yeah, but which is um, much of a muchness to be honest. Yeah, and I was actually, um, I was on track to beat it this year until I got to those stairs and that's when, the, um, that's when I slowed down quite a bit. Oh, bugger. <laughs> oh, well. So, so will you be going back next year? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether I'll do the 56K or the 28K. Oh, you um, should go for a 3K. But I'll definitely be going back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But either, either way, it's such a fun event. I think it'll, sort of, it'll start to become an annual thing for me. Yeah, that's awesome news. So um, what's what's next for you? What are you training for now once you have fully recovered? Uh, the Canberra Running Festival in the second weekend of April. I want to try and uh, get as close to three hours as possible for the 50K. Ah, nice. Which is um, back on the road. And yeah. so sort of back to that, I guess, more structured training for a few yeah. weeks which is you know the speed work and then the long runs and then the easier runs um but I was sort of thinking about it the other day and um having not done that for probably close to a year well over a year probably closer to a year and a half I'm actually kind of looking forward to doing that for a bit again yeah. um yeah it's so good I'll, to mix it up yeah yep. yeah and, um, um so I'll put a couple of months into that so what would your longest run be for a 50k um Good question. I probably need to um, figure that out. 56K? Yeah. Well, um, I think um, potentially I might try and do a marathon in training once mm -hmm. yeah. um, just because I sort of know that I can do that with the legs as long as I take it easy now and not yeah. still be feeling that three weeks later. But I think other than that, um, maybe 35, 40Ks will probably be the weekly long run. And what was your longest run for the 100K? Uh, I ran marathons three weekends in a row. Um, so I did one, I think I did 11 and a bit laps of the tan, which was when we still had the, uh, I think it was down. a 20 kilometer radius then. Yeah. Um, and that was the biggest hill that I could think of that was close enough to me. Um, and then I think I did the second weekend, I did 
42Ks around the Yarra Bend um, yep. to get some more hills in. And then the third weekend was when the radius lifted and I went out and ran the, most of the back half of the course. Uh, okay. um, and then it was yeah. three weeks to the race and the tapering started. Yep, yep. Um, I, I just find it interesting what people do is their longest run for 100K because, um, you know, to be honest, I don't think you need to, you know, smash out a 60, 70K run. And so I was interested to know what you what your thoughts were on that one too. Yeah, I did a fair bit of um, looking at what other people have done that I know on Strava in the past mm. when they've trained for 100K races and all that. All I learned from that was that there's, for 10 different people, there's 10 different ways to train for it. Exactly, yeah. So how did you cope with um, with lockdown? Um, I mean, like everyone, it was it was a struggle. But mm. uh, for me, it was, uh, I think my biggest sacrifice was the hour restriction on running, mm. which in the grand scheme of things is hardly a um, sacrifice. I know, but, but it, it was tough. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's easy to say that in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. 2021 um yeah. but it was in hindsight as well it was kind of um it was a good chance to maybe take a little, a little bit easier for six weeks mm. whereas otherwise I might have still just tried to push through and True. still tried yeah. to hit some high mileage weeks even if I hadn't had a race yeah. that I was training for just because there's nothing else to do um yeah. so I sort of think if um and then I don't know what would happen in the back half of the year if I'd burned out then. So it wasn't, um, for me, it wasn't too bad. And in hindsight, it was kind of a blessing. Well, at least that part of it, the hour restriction of running was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've always got to try to find the positive in every situation. And certainly ultras help to teach you that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So is there another 100K on the cards for you or a miler perchance? Um, definitely not a miler. I, I think that's, um, I can pretty confidently say I will never attempt a hundred mile race. Oh, um, you say that now. We'll see. <laughs> yes. I, I think I also said at one point I'll never attempt a hundred K race. Um, we'll put that to one side. Yeah. I'm sort of tempted to go and have another crack at the Surf Coast Century again. Um, what was your time Because then? I guess it was eight hours, 59 minutes and 20 something seconds nice. um but the back the back half of that race i didn't run it how i wanted to yeah and so there's sort of a little bit of um wanting to redeem myself on parts of that course that i know i could have done better yeah. i think yeah yeah some unfinished business there yeah yeah so can i ask at something like the 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 100k there were, were you doing gels as well yeah so then um it was gels every, I think, 35 minutes. And then yeah. I'd also have the two 500 ml bottles with the energy powder or the drink powder, which I was refilling quite a bit more. Um, and I, my plan originally had also been to either have a cliff bar every hour and a half. But I yeah. think by four or five hours in, I was feeling so awful that solid food stopped being a thing that yeah. I could do. Um, and then it was just back to the gels and the, the drink powder. Yeah, that, that's very common. And um, yeah. you did well even to manage to stick with the gels, to be honest. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've heard some <laughs> horror stories. So I, I, I couldn't imagine how, how people must feel if you get to 80Ks and then you can't even take more energy in. Um, yeah. So I was at least relieved it hadn't gotten that bad. Yeah, yep. So, so you've got the Canberra 50K coming up in, in April. Um, how many times a year do you like to peak for big races? 
Um, I'm kind of, I guess for me, treading new ground with that because mm. it used to be two. I do right. a race in April and then a race in October. Mm. And then I guess after I did the Melbourne Marathon in 2019, I stopped. I, 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 I guess after I did two bays last year, um, I started more just planning it around how I was feeling. So I'm not sure how what will happen after Canberra or what um, how many races I'll do for the rest of the year, but I think mm. I'll tend to play it by ear. So it could be one or it could be five, I think. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. I mean, um, yeah, but, but like you say, generally marathoners tend to stick to two, two a year and um, yeah, but ultra runners tend to do more. So hopefully yeah, you keep yeah. on top of that recovery. Do you have um, a specific nutrition? Like um, I know there's lots of people who say veganism helps them or high protein. Do you, or do you just eat, eat all the food? Um, eat all the food. I, I don't have, I'm not, restrictive in any way yeah. um and there aren't many foods that i don't like the one <laughs> thing that i do really try to pay attention to is how much protein i'm eating yeah um, I think that's so the goal important. is always at least 100, 100 yeah um so the goal is always at least 120 grams of protein and then yeah if it's 100 a day sorry and then if it's 120 20 grams of protein but i've had a pizza or fish and chips or something that's probably not the healthiest i'm not as fussed about that side of it yes yeah yeah no, no, and I think um, <clears throat> ensuring your protein levels helps enormously with recovery. So obviously that's helping you as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, how can people who are listening, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Strava. And Strava, um, yep. What is it? Um, I think my Instagram was Matt Whitzy, uh, W-H-I-T-Z-Y, and then Strava's just Matt Whitaker. Okay. All right. So people can look that, that up. I'll put the, um, the links in the show notes if you're happy with that. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your two bays experience with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you. Wow. I can't believe he did his first 100-kilometre race only seven weeks before running two bays and winning it. He's clearly an amazing runner. I do really hope he gets his sub 3R50K in Canberra too. We'll have to follow on. Have a great week of training and racing if you're lucky enough.